The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. This is Marcus Aurelius Meditations, Book 2, uh, Paragraph 6. Uh, this is a short one. You are doing yourself violence, violence, my soul, and you will have no second occasion to do yourself honor. Brief is the life of each of us, and this of yours is nearly ended, and yet you do not honor yourself, but commit your well-being to the charge of other men's souls. So three points I kind of want to talk about here. Uh, first one is um, the notion of uh, you will have no second occasion to do yourself honor. I mean, I can't help but think about this, but like, you know, I guess it's, uh, you could call it a machlokas, uh, whether Gilgul, whether reincarnation is a real thing, um, whether this is a Jewish idea or, uh, or if it entered into Judaism from without. Uh, so if you believe in reincarnation, then this is not your, uh, your, your only occasion. You know, you got many occasions, I guess. Uh, but if you don't believe in Gilgal, then this is all you got. You know, don't waste your shot. Um, secondly, brief is the life of each of us, and this of yours is nearly ended. So, as someone who views himself as young, uh, I'm 36, uh, then it's easy for me to to brush this off and say that it doesn't apply to me. But, you know, one of the things that we've become more cognizant of this year is that, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's always a reality that, that death could come at any time. But I guess the prevalence of... Uh, of death coming unexpectedly to people around us um, has made this concept more real to me. So, you know, just because you're not old doesn't mean that uh, your life uh, is not brief. Um, and then uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was this idea of uh, of that you do not honor yourself but commit your well-being to the charge of other men's souls. Uh, so that's just an interesting dichotomy there of of either honoring yourself and and having and and I guess living for yourself, or dishonoring yourself and living for other men's souls. And I got a lot of feedback when I read that excerpt from uh, Seneca's On the Shortness of Life. And so there's another uh, another uh, I guess section here which I want to read um, that actually touches on both aspects of this paragraph of Marcus Aurelius. Really. So it's kind of long, but uh, I, I think it's pretty good. So he says this is a uh, On the Shortness of Life, um, paragraph two, or I guess section two. Why do we complain of nature? She has behaved handsomely. Life, if you know how to use it, is long. One man is possessed by an insatiable avarice, another word for greed, another by an, uh, by assiduous application to trifling enterprises. One man is sodden with wine, another benumbed by sloth. One man is exhausted by an ambition which always depends on the votes of others. Another is driven over every land and sea by the traitor's urge to seek profit. Some are plagued by a passion for soldiering and are incessantly bent upon threatening others or anxious about others' threats. Some are worn out by self-imposed and unrequited attendance upon the great. Many busy themselves with the pursuit of other men's estates or in complaints about their own. Some follow no plan consistently, but are precipitated into one new scheme after another by fickleness which is rambling and unstable and dissatisfied with itself. Some have no objective at all at which to aim, but are overtaken by fate as they gape and yawn. I cannot therefore question the truth of the great poet's dictum, uttered with oracular impressiveness, Slight is the portion of life we live. All the residue is not living, but passing time. On all sides we are surrounded and beset by vices, and these do not permit us to rise and lift our eyes to the discernment of truth, but submerge us and hold us chained down to lust. The prisoners are never allowed to return to their true selves. If they are ever so lucky as to win some respite, they continue to roll as the sea swells even after the storm is over and secure no release from their lusts. 
Do you suppose I am referring to wretches whose failings are acknowledged? Look at the men whose felicity is the sinosure of all eyes. They are smothered by their prosperity. How many have found riches a bane? How many have paid with their blood for their eloquence and their daily straining to, to display their talent? How many are sallow from constant indulgence? How many are deprived of liberty by a besieging mob of clients? Run through the whole list from top to bottom. This man wants a friend at court. That man serves his turn. This man is the defendant. That man his lawyer and the other his judge. But no one presses his claim to himself. Everyone is used up for the sake of someone else. Investigate the personages of whose names whose names are household words, and you will find they can be classified by the following criteria. A is B's sycophant, and B is C's. No one shows solicitude for himself. And then some of them give vent to the most irrational indignation. They complain of their superior snobbery because they were too busy to receive them when they wanted to call. Dairy man complain of another's pride when he is too busy to receive himself? The Nabob has, after all, sometimes con condescended to look at you, however offensive his expression, and has stepped down to listen to you. And has let you walk at his side, but you have never deigned to look in upon yourself or listen to yourself. You cannot debit anyone with those attentions of yours because you show them not out of a desire to commune with another, but out of an inability to commune, to commune with yourself.